You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live as we enter our second hour. Uh, I'm your host, Jack Kennelly, along with my wife, Doreen. We're happy you're with us. And uh, if you're just tuning in, our guest for this next half hour is Christopher Dodson, who is the executive director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference. And uh, I think he's pretty busy at this time of the year with the legislature in session. But I think, didn't they just go on a break today, I think? So maybe you've got a little opportunity to breathe. But uh, we're happy to have Christopher with us, and we can talk a little bit about What's going on in North Dakota legislatively that's uh, interest of interest to those uh, to us Catholics? So, Christopher, welcome to the show. My suspicion is you've probably been on before. Am I right about that? Yes, I have. Yeah, probably. Uh, thanks for having me this morning. Yes, well, thanks for being with us. So, um, can you, for those who may have not heard you when you're on before, can you would you introduce yourself a little bit and give us a little idea of? Uh, what the North Dakota Catholic Conference is all about. Sure. The um, North Dakota Catholic Conference represents uh, the... Are you still on? Yes. Yeah. Did I lose you? No, we're still here. There. Am I still on? Yes. Yep. Can you hear okay, us? I don't, sure, yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. But, okay. um, I'm in the um, capital, uh, the cafeteria at the state capital. <laughs> something something happened there. Um, the North Dakota Catholic Conference represents the two Catholic bishops of North Dakota um, on public policy matters. Um, and I've been doing this job for about 27 years. Wow. Uh, uh, right now I'm calling, to you, calling from the Capitol uh, because the House is still in session before their crossover break. The Senate finished up yesterday. Crossover is when all the bills that are introduced in one chamber have to be acted on and have their final solution in one chamber before they're sent over to the other chamber if they're not defeated. And today the House has uh, a number of bills they still have to go through before they can take their crossover break. And we have three bills on the calendar that we're watching today. Um, All of them related to religious liberty, by the way. Wow. Could you um, share with our listeners what those bills are so that they might have the opportunity to contact their senators? Sure, that'd be great. Although, to be honest, they don't have much time. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> They're going to act on these very soon, but you can always still try to send an email. Sure. Uh, I, I think before you go off the air with us today, you should at least, uh, we should uh, give people your... Uh, your, how they can contact you and get on your your email list or you, so they can get your alerts. Yes. Um, yes, we should do that. ndcatholic.org. Uh, we'll mention it at the end. Okay. The uh, One bill is House Bill 1503, and that protects the religious and free speech rights of students on our state-run college campuses. Wow. Uh, we have been seeking this for several several years, several sessions. Um the university system, quite frankly, just doesn't want the bill because they don't want to be told by the legislature that they have to do this. But they admitted during their testimony that on some of the state college campuses, um, they have policies that prohibit religious clubs from being religious clubs. 
from, from choosing, from making sure that their leaders agree with the mission and belief statements of the clubs. And that applies to political clubs, but also applies to religious clubs. Um, this is an important bill. That's 1503. Another one up later today is 1410, which um, protects religious freedom during emergency orders, like we've seen uh, during this last year, and um, and also religious freedom in our state institutions. That means the prisons, the jails, the state hospital, and the um, Life Skills and Transition Center in Grafton. We have nothing in the law that explicitly protects the religious rights of inmates, residents, and patients. So this would put those into the law. And that's up later today also. Very a important. Third one, wow. Yeah, it is very <laughs> important. A third one um, would mandate that all group insurance policies cover a long list of infertility treatments. Um, some of those treatments uh, are considered illicit under Catholic teaching and also threaten human life, especially at the stage of an embryo. But um, most importantly is that this bill does not have a religious exemption. If you're an employer who, uh, who has a, uh, an objection, a moral objection, a religious objection to these procedures, there's no exemption here. You would have to cover it in your group plan. So we're hoping to defeat that bill today. Wow. Thank you. What was the number of that one? 1147. 1147. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to think uh, when you mentioned uh, House Bill 1503, protecting free speech rights on college campuses, I think it's interesting that we uh, think we need to have uh, legislation like that when we talk about, uh, you know, uh, universities and colleges being these bastions of uh, of free academic freedom and uh, diversity of thought, but apparently uh, <laughs> that seems to be on the wane. Across the country, uh, the free speech and religious rights of students is under attack. Just because 50. it's not considered politically correct or because it's considered, you know, one view, person's views could be considered discriminatory. So, they act, so in some cases they enact these policies, for example, that says, Catholic clubs can't insist that their leaders be Catholic. Um, so Baptists could take over the Catholic clubs, Catholics could take over the Lutheran clubs, um, racists could take over the African-American Student Union, um, and so on. Republicans take over the Democrats, and so on. Yeah. It, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, part yeah. of freedom is... But these have been upheld. It was upheld in a terrible case um, by the Supreme Court some years ago. So college campuses said, oh, yeah, let's pass these, because it's, it's discriminatory, they say, to insist that your leaders agree with the mission of the club. So, uh, and yeah. they admitted that some of the campuses in North Dakota have this policy. That's why we need 1503. Yeah, so, so basically you can make all these various clubs with, uh, you know, religious missions or whatever, basically uh, gut them entirely. Correct. Does that extend to high school campuses in our state? Uh, no. Just college, okay. I've, I've never heard, yeah. These, these, are, these are actual discriminatory policies mm -hmm. that are enacted by the campuses. 
Okay. Yeah. And so it's an important bill. If you do have time, check this action alerts for all three of these bills uh, on our website at ndcatholic.org, and you can click on it. You know, they're taking breaks every now and then. They might see their emails. There's still a chance, maybe. Right. Yeah, and, you know, I'll mention to our listeners uh, that uh, the actions alerts are very are very handy because they have a link where you can go to where you can it makes it very easy for you to contact with your specific legislators for your district uh, and, and get them the message would a phone call be uh, a possibility as well there's this you can call the switchboard and what they'll do is they'll ask um, you know what they'll try to find out what district you're in Mm-hmm. And they'll take a very simple message, which is usually like support or oppose, and then they'll they tabulate that and get it to the legislator. Oh, okay, yeah. so we could make phone calls yet today. Yeah. Okay, very now, good. There was a piece of legislation just uh, of several weeks ago, which was withdrawn, though, but that was the one that, and maybe you can talk to it a little bit as well, Christopher, for people who maybe didn't hear about it, the one that was uh, the threatened the seal of confession, which... Um, I, I believe this is not the first time that bill has come up. Um, no, it is the first time, and uh, well, at least in North Dakota, that is. Okay, it's come up in a few other states, um, but never passed. Yeah, this was this is a very significant threat to religious freedom. Um, the bill, well, let's let's back up. In North Dakota, all clergy are required to report knowledge or suspicions of child abuse that they see. So if they see it in the during a church service, if they see something that's not right when they go to a wedding reception, if they see something in the daycare, if they see something at a Catholic school, uh, they have to report it. There's one narrow exception in the law, and that is what is called um, when it, the information is received in the capacity of a spiritual advisor. And those, those words have a long meaning, but it's what we used to call the priest-penitent privilege, the confession, that's been protected in English um, law since the ninth century. Uh, this bill did one thing. It removed that exemption so that we'd have to, the clergy would have to be mandated reporters even if the information was received during the confession. Um, never before in the United States have we seen a bill like this. A few states, I mean, we've seen a bill like this, but they haven't passed. So it would have been unprecedented if this passed. A few states, um, well, about half of the states have clergy as mandated reporters. About a handful of those don't have a clear exemption for the seal of confession. But those states also have other religious protection laws, which would make it probably not enforceable. So this and this would have been a clear case where the legislative intent was to remove uh, the protection of the seal of confession. But um, Catholics responded in large numbers. Legislators told me that they've never seen more emails or phone calls um, against the bill or in favor of a bill since they've been here. And um, eventually the sponsor withdrew the bill 
before it was even set for a hearing. That's very unusual in North Dakota. Every bill goes to a hearing and a floor vote, even if the committee doesn't like it. The sponsor was actually the chair of the committee. So, oh, interesting. Uh, she, she could have said it and had the hearing, but um, the pressure was so great uh, on, from fellow legislators that she withdrew the bill. So our voices uh, do matter, and they do have an impact. It, oh, it does matter. It very much matters. And, you know, Catholics are called to participate in the political process. It means much more than voting, much more. This is where things are done, especially at the state level. Think of all the things that concern the church, life, um, family, religious liberty, um, education, the poor. Most of these are policies that are enacted at the state level, not the federal level. Healthcare. And that's, yeah, that's where we got to get involved at the state level and let your voice know. Okay, and we're good. The Catholic Conference is here to help on that. Right, and we're going to talk about that some more, but we're at a break right now. So, Therese, take it away. <laughs> Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thank you for staying with us in this segment of Real Presence Live. And for those of you who are just joining us, I'm Jack Kennelly, and with me is my wife, Doreen. We are your hosts 
for this morning. And we are talking with Christopher Dodson, who is executive director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference. And we've been talking about some of the legislation that's uh, been uh, making its way through the process in Bismarck. And we've got even some more to talk about. So, Christopher, why don't you tell us about some of the other things that are going on out there? Sure. Let's, um, we can review some of what's happened, especially now we're at crossover, which those we're going to see um, and not see during the second half. Um, there have been several bills to try to help parents choose the best educational setting for their children. Unfortunately, they've all been defeated except for two. Um, one of them extends a tax credit for a contribution to a non-public school. Uh, that was relatively uncontroversial the first half of the past. But um, a bill to do the same thing for a scholarship granting organization was defeated. And a bill to uh, create educational empowerment grants for uh, students, both public and non-public schools, to choose tutoring and cover some cost of tuition or something. That was also defeated. But late last night, uh, we had a big surprise in the House. The House that had already defeated uh, one school choice bill passed by a narrow but somewhat comfortable margin, a bill that we did not expect to pass. It provides a tax credit um, to homeschoolers and non-public school student families. Um, and so we're still alive on school choice. And they, we'll go over the Senate, and we'll you'll hear more about it as we head there after crossover. Well, that's good news. <laughs> it is. Um, there was a bill to legalize assisted suicide. It was soundly defeated in the House. Um, I think it only got nine votes. There was a tremendous response by Catholics. I heard it from legislators. So thank you for all your calls. Um, they have said they will be back. And, and I didn't think it would pass, but I didn't want it to get more than 10 votes. And we succeeded because it sets a precedent that um, they'll be back. And they should know they only got nine votes last time. <laughs> Um, House, Bill, House Bill 1298 is about fairness in sports. It's very simple. It says that um, in our high school sports, uh, girls' teams should consist of biological girls, and boys' teams should consist of biological boys. It is not fair, and it's not safe. For example, a transgender student who identifies as female but was biologically male to participate, especially in contact sports uh, with the girls. Uh, this passed the House. It is receiving a lot of opposition from the um, various ACLU and those types. Um, so we still have a fight in the Senate. Uh, we could talk a long time about the entire wisdom and the danger of even subjecting a child to um, sex change treatments as a minor. But that's not this issue. But when it does happen, um, it creates fairness and safety issues mm -hmm. um, in our schools. So th this bill addresses that. 
Christopher, um, what, do you know what the number yeah. of that bill will be in the Senate? So we can they keep the same number. They oh, keep they the do. same numbers. Twelve ninety eight. Twelve ninety eight. And when we do written testimony, the written testimony is put online, so you can read what we've already said about these bills. And sometimes the bill will be amended, and when it goes over to the other side, the other chamber, uh, the testimony might be very similar, but uh, or more identical. Oh, very good. Um, so those bills are going over. So, so and. The- what, what? Go ahead. Excuse me, but what is, what is the argument for those who uh, are opposing the bill? Those who, uh, you know, think it would be fair for uh, transgender, uh, mm-hmm. those who have transitioned from uh, male to female to compete in in women's sports. What is their, you know, besides they, the discrimination? How do they get past the argument of fairness? Well, they don't really. They just focus on what they call discrimination mm-hmm. against transgender students. Oh, okay. And they think that just ends the argument. Um, and, look, children with gender dysphoria issues is a serious matter um, that needs to be addressed. Uh, there are psychological issues and so on. Uh, the Church strongly believes, you know, that surgery to change that, especially on a minor, um, is morally wrong and just contrary to the dignity of the human person. And but there are psychological issues with that, and we understand that these students sometimes are discriminated against or bullied or something, but the answer is not to affirm what should not be affirmed. And But the bill is it's, it's really... The bill itself is not about transgender students. The bill is about fairness and sports. Um, it's a safety issue um, for everybody involved because it's it's not safe, for example, the girls to be competing against some type of biological male. And it, that biological male, if they're going through these surgeries and treatments, um, it's probably not safe for them to even be in contact because it has serious effects on the body, understandably, because we're made male or female. That's, that, so you're going against the um, bodily integrity of the human person. So um, it got a good vote in the House, but it's definitely being watched, and it's, um, the opposition is very vocal, even if they're small. I imagine the the the, the opposition is probably uh, well supported financially too. Uh, when you know, when you throw in, you know, the ACLU that seems to you know seems to have a pretty loud voice in things. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we're gonna we watch very closely at the Catholic conference bills that don't make the headlines, and um, especially the appropriation bills that affect the least among us: um, health care for the poor, the disabled. Um, persons with mental illness, um, uh, other services uh, like addiction services and um, you know, services to help families who are poor. Those don't make the headlines, but they're usually within the Department of Human Services budget. Um, Catholic Charities is involved in some of those programs. There's the Abortion Alternatives Program. We spent a lot of time watching the appropriation and budget bills to make sure those programs 
uh, continue or they're not changed to offend the dignity of the person, that they empower rather than uh, make them sort of enslaved to a welfare system. So a lot of the time the conference we, we spend is watching those type of bills, and you may never hear about them because there are amendments buried in the big budget bill. And um, we'll be watching also for protecting our right as churches to establish our own firearms policies, um, that we just keep fighting that. Uh, we believe that we should be able to define our own sacred space and keep guns and dangerous weapons out if that's what we choose. Uh, but there are some that believe that they could, they should be able to bring them into our churches without permission. And so we continue to fight that. And that'll come up next over across the also. Wow. So all of this is on your website, am I correct? Uh, most of it. Most of it, okay. <laughs> <laughs> when it. When it gets to big issues like um, Medicaid and CANF, which is what we used to call welfare and mm-hmm. things like that, some of that's not on there, but there's that continue, uh, continued concern that our budget and is a... Um, it's kind of a moral document. It tells us where our priorities are. The priorities should be the least among us. Mm-hmm. In the end, when we put all this together, the, the test for what the legislature did should be, did it enhance or diminish the least among us? And did it further the common good? Do you, have you found in your, uh, I think you, did you say 27 years at the, at the Catholic conference? Um, are you seeing a, a pattern over the last several years or maybe five or ten years where the uh, you're seeing more legislations that's almost, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how to put this, directly contrary to Catholic teaching or kind of, uh, you know, forcing the church into a, a corner to, uh, you know, uh, yeah, um, I would say that the biggest shift is in the area of religious freedom. That was ne- that was hardly even an issue when I started, um, and it just kept cre- creeping up and creeping up, and not intentionally sometimes, not directly, but there's this overall this diminishment of respect for religious freedom in our country, so that it becomes more and more seen as just a choice of somebody, like the right to choose a green car or a yellow car uh, without respecting that this religious freedom is much more than just a personal choice of somebody. And then we get these issues like the guns and the churches bills or, you know, this uh, mandate for uh, fertility coverage that people don't even think about the religious implications because it's not on their radar anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be people thought about religious freedom. They don't think about it anymore. Uh, and we don't have a Religious Freedom Restoration Act that protects uh, religion, religious freedom in North Dakota like there exists in other states. So we have to be vigilant. Well, we sure thank you for the work that you do, Christopher, and the work that you have done in the yeah. past. Yeah, and you're... These comments are a good lead-in to our next speaker. We have uh, Luke Gingrich, uh, excuse me, G- Goodrich, who is a uh, an attorney with the Beckett Fund, who is going to be talking about oh, some, some of the national 
you know, some of the cases uh, that he has dealt with and that the Beckett Fund has dealt with and just talking about uh, religious liberty in general in America. And uh, so your, your comments there were, were, were a perfect lead-in, and it, they're leading us right up to the break right now. But as Doreen says, thanks a lot for being with us today. I think this is important discussion. And could you repeat for, the la- for one more time how people can get on your alerts um, emails? Yes, if you go to our website, ndcatholic.org, there's a place to sign up for the emails. And uh, so you can get the action alerts and a weekly e-newsletter and other information that we would send out. It's very easy to do. Very good. Thank and you so much. I have done it, so that's a, that's proof that it's very easy to do because I'm a technological curmudgeon, and I'm very proud of that. And I'll testify to that fact. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, once again, we've been talking with Christopher Dodson, Executive Director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference, and we're coming up on a break, and following that, we'll be talking with Luke Goodrich to uh, share just where we are with uh, religious freedom at a federal level. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.